0: What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American
1: Toffee Podcast. Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off.
0: On today's episode, Alex and I talk about Marco Silva's comments on the futures of Leighton Baines and Phil Jagielka. We'll touch on the uh, England-Spain-Uefa League of Nations match, specifically Jordan Pickford's performance, and finish up with the pre-match for the match Sunday against Crystal Palace.
1: Yeah, so Marco Silva, I I would like to point out to everyone, James specifically, that we had this debate, uh, I think over the weekend, and I tweeted it a couple times and still got backlash, but I'd like to collect my prize because um, (laughs) Marco Silva, I think yesterday or today, might have been yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yesterday, I think. Yeah, it was yesterday. See, time time flies when you're busy at work. Um, yesterday, Marco Silva was asked, and I think it was it was from one of the fine gentlemen at the Echo about Baines and Jagielka and how their contracts are running up. And he mentioned specifically how important they are because they are our two captains, right? Um, which it goes Jags, then Baines, and then he mentioned obviously, you know, he said he's like we still have Coleman as our tertiary but there are two are two captains and they're extremely important. They're fighting for first team minutes as you expect them to. And then he went on to say that it's extremely important for them to be in the locker room, which, you know, checks, checks all the boxes. So I, I wanted to do a tiny bit of, of boasting there, but um, you know, he, he did, however, say that, you know, contract talks, that's for the future. Um, that's that, you know, that's expected, but I just, my, my main point is, it's really, really underrated, especially with all the change we've had in the last year, year and a half, I think year and a half now, um, how like stability in the locker room helps, you know, what, what yeah. do you think? Absolutely. I agree.
0: And and ha- ha- tip tip of the cap to you for, you know, round of applause, all that for <laughs> your uh, prophetic prediction of, you know, this, this talking point. And I do agree coming around when we settled on, you know, one-year extensions as a possibility for either of them, and then Marco Silva echoed the general sentiment that we were kind of getting at in that they're both very important to the squad as far as their leadership, not necessarily vocally, because neither of them have shown to be vocal leaders on the pitch. Obviously, what goes on behind closed doors is unbeknownst to us, but I think we know how important they are, what leadership they bring, the quality on the pitch, and specifically Leighton Baines, I think still has a lot left to give to the club. And then Jagielka, club captain, that certainly has to play on the minds of of Silva or any, you know, the, the brass, the board at Everton, as far as thinking of contracts in the future. It's a big role that he has, and to potentially have him sent off at the end of the season, it doesn't leave us with a great deal of players who have been here long-term that could really wear the armband. Uh, so again, credit to you for predicting this talking point. And, and <laughs> I, I think when the season, end of the season comes after the jan- January transfer window, we'll have a much better idea of where we stand as far as center back and left back go. I don't expect us to sign another left back in January. That's probably pretty far on the back burner at this point, but a center back certainly a possibility in the summer. Uh, even if it's not in January, because I do think for this season we're set with the five that we have. And so, yeah, right. Uh, I guess that's that's where I'm at with it. I love both of them for what they've done for the club over the, their careers. Leighton Baines, great, great. L- not quite legend, I guess. You can make the argument that he's a legend. Um, but that's that's where I
1: stand. Yeah, I mean, and... And just to wrap it up on, on that topic after, you know, boasting a little bit, uh, I, I posted on the Everton subreddit about it and I got like a ton of responses and although most of them, you know, discounted it, which is cool. I just really appreciated everyone listening, you know, that's on the subreddit that saw it or participated. Like I appreciate you just talking with me about it because that's a ton of fun. So I appreciate that. Um, You know, we'll see because, again, he didn't say specifically that he was going to offer them a new contract. He just talked about how important they were and and how good their worth ethic is. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. And and just to wrap that up, I, I don't think there's really any Evertonians that feel particularly strongly either way. Like, oh, we need them both gone at the end of the season or we need to give them both three year contract extensions. I think everyone's fairly open to the idea of giving them both one-year contract extensions. I think most people are very in favor of Leighton Baines staying on as, as backup or cover for that left-back position, especially when we were left so exposed last season, when he went down with really no natural cover for him. Uh, So yeah, good stuff. Um, Moving on to the next subject, just wanted to touch on this quickly. Jordan Pickford's performance against Spain, a couple of really, really excellent, uh, deep ball, sidewinders, whatever you want to call them, that set up two goals for England. And then he had the one uh, near-catastrophic uh, incident in the box where he tried to do a little Cruyff turn and almost conceded a goal, almost conceded a penalty, but in the end did neither and prevented the goal. Uh, so just really promising. Great to see him perform so well on a big stage and it can only bode well for his uh stint on Sunday and for the rest of the season the more experience he gets as an international the more solid he'll be at the back for us in my opinion
1: yeah i mean i so i look on twitter and everyone you know we 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 james and i still get our fair share of sky sports and all that all that good stuff um and you know to see it and a lot of people a lot of people pointed it out but you know nobody really highlighted a his distribution you know or or anything of the sorts and 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 they also never you know when it was highlighted he wasn't referred to as you know Jordan Pickford from Everton he was he he was mentioned as England's number 1 Jordan Pickford and then when you see you know articles or 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 short pictures or videos of him you know with the incident in the box with the turn then it's it's jordan pickford from everton look at how how you know the mistake he's making he's trying to overdo it he's he's cocky and that was super annoying um to see but you know in a positive light when you're talking about experience right we gotta remember that i think pickford is 24 he might be 25 right but 24, 24 25
0: yeah
1: right and we gotta remember as a keeper that's super young i mean you know We I think people tend to forget these things because you're used to watching like literally world class keepers who might be starting for Real or Manu or you know, Chelsea at that age and you know, and they're literally regarded as top five. But when you're talking about a goalkeeper of any sort at twenty four, most goalkeepers are not getting even starting gloves at any club at twenty four. And that's that's cold hard facts. Look at Robles, right? Yeah. And he was, and he was, he was, I would say, an average, maybe slightly above average keeper for the Premier League. He just wasn't quite far enough past mid-table level to, you know, to start for us. But Jamal Robles, you know, he he never got there either. Um, so to be starting for England and you know Everton at 24 and doing so well, that bodes really well for the future. So hats off to him for sure. Yeah, and I think.
0: We just recently locked him down on a new contract. Hopefully he's our keeper for years to come. And I'm very excited at the prospect of being able to build a side in front of him as that mainstay and goal.
1: Yeah, and he's having a kid now, so let's get that kid into school and and making friends so that he'll feel too pressured to leave Everton and Liverpool, right? Exactly. That's my mindset, right? Get that kid in school. Lock
0: him down. (laughs)
1: Lock
0: him down. Don't let him go
1: anywhere. (laughs) He can't communicate but he has friends don't take him away from his <laughs> yeah. friends Yeah, <Dad. laughs> yeah
0: i mean even if we did lose him at this point with the deal that he's on it's going to be an absolutely astronomical fee so it's kind of a win-win in a, in a sense for us uh preferably we keep him let him develop by the time he's 28 i can't even imagine the quality that he's going to be if he continues to be the england number one and so by then our side we could be hopefully challenging for top four at that point. And we're really in the mix and yeah, just just really promising for the future all around. In many respects of the club, I think there's a lot of optimism about the future, given the way yep. that the season has gone so far, the changes we made over the summer. And and I'm excited to see how that continues to progress. Uh, and yeah, as I mean, we pro- yeah, go ahead.
1: Leading, in, leading into the pre-match, I mean, as you're saying, like, and I think I saw you say this on Twitter uh, earlier today or yesterday, but like this is the first time in like a year and a half that I wake up on a Saturday or Sunday morning and I'm like excited for the match. Right. You know, right. you're talking about like, we're excited for the future, but I'm excited for the present. Like I wake up and I know that no matter what, we're going to put in a lot of effort. We're going to create chances. Right. And we're not going to go down without a fight for the most part. Things have been, yeah. getting, been getting consistent. And so, you know, now we look at crystal crystal palace at home and, in three days and i'm i'm feeling extremely optimistic
0: yeah me too i feel this is certainly a match that we should win uh
1: right no could no hopefully but should underlined uh, bolded
0: unequivocally should win but if you look at our results this season the matches that we should have won quote-unquote have given us some trouble. Uh, yep. We probably should have beat Huddersfield. We probably should have beaten Bournemouth, Wolves. Arguably, I mean, t- going down to ten men was obviously very difficult. Um, but we've had we've been in every single game. There hasn't been a game where we haven't where we've looked even anywhere near what we looked like last season. Uh, they, there's we're creating chances every game, even though our scoring hasn't been off the charts. It's not the one nil park the bus, send long balls up. And I actually managed to catch, I just went back and watched the highlights of our match at the end of the season under Allardyce against Crystal Palace. And the goals that we scored were literally like Pickford just booting it sky high to the other 18, us getting like a t- tip down. Uh, Gilfie scored one, Tom Davies scored one, the third one, and then Umar Nias also scored. And it's just worlds apart from what we're seeing this season where we're actually building out of the back. We've got center backs who can play the ball. We're playing down the wings. Uh, and so just to sort of segue into uh, the match on Saturday again, what what are you expecting to see for the lineup? Because there are some decisions that Marco Silva has to make. We've got Yeri Bina returning, finally fit for now. We've got Andre Gomez, who's also fit, and then James McCarthy back into the fold as well. So I'm curious to see how you think that we're going to line up.
1: Right, so with those three, right? Um, just to lay the groundwork. So Yerimina Mina, and Gomez. I imagine that they'll, they'll probably they'll probably make the squad, the 18. I don't think McCarthy is going to make the 18. I say that because when they played the behind closed doors game or match last weekend, I think it was maybe it was last weekend. Yeah, um, I know. Mina and Gomez, I think, played the whole 60 minutes. And then McCarthy, I think, was said to have played 20 minutes or 30. So and you know, coming back from like a, a leg break, you know, I, I don't see him being rushed into it. So I don't think I don't think McCarthy's gonna make the squad. Now, we're talking about midfield. Ghana was taken off before halftime. Um, I think also on the weekend after scoring for Senegal. Right. So now, you know, he was seen, you know kind of walking around the bench and stuff in the second half so people are hoping that it might have just been somewhat precautionary but we haven't heard anything since then so you never know if he's going to be fit so what i'm going to what i'm going to say is i, th- I think Yerimina and gomez are going to are going to make the bench they're not going to start um you know we're coming off the back of two wins for in two, right targeting three and three so I think we're going to see essentially the same lineup we saw last time out, right? Uh, Lucas Dina, uh, Zuma, Michael Keane, Kenny at the back, right? Um, so Tom Davies and Sigurdsson in the middle. I'm leaving that DM spot open. Mm-hmm. And then Bernard, Richarlison, and Walcott up front, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. First, you know It's not even that it ain't broke. It's working well. Right. So the DM spot, if Ghana's fit, he's going to start. If he's not fit, Schneiderlin's going to start that's what i think is going to happen. we're going to be in their face. we're going to look to be um we're going to look to be scoring really quickly as we have pretty much every match. but i think that we're starting to see a lot of our players come out and they look they actually visibly look like they're enjoying playing. and how long? like how long has it miraculous. been since i felt that, right? like or as you can like tell, you know what i mean? it was
0: it was so difficult. There's really no way, and it's different because we weren't going to the matches, and I can't even imagine how miserable it was to go and just watch horrible, horrible, boring football last season. But to wake up on Saturday or Sunday morning and just tune in and just be so frustrated, disappointed every week, uh, it's wonderful to have the attacking options that we have, the way that we've been playing. Um, and to get back to the, like the lineups, we are at home. Crystal Palace is going to be without most likely Wilfred Zaha. Christian Menteke is a definite no, so that mitigates a lot of their attacking threat. So I'm really expecting pretty much all of it. Yeah, I don't know who's going to score. I saw I was reading some you know information about Crystal Palace and from their fans' perspective, and one of their attacking you know bright spots is Patrick Van onhold, who is an outside back. Yep. So I'm not. I'm expecting them to come and sit in and park the bus, essentially, and, and look to strike us on the counterattack, which, to be fair, is where we've looked incredibly weak so far this season on the counterattack, look wide open and exposed. And I expect that we'll come out looking to impose ourselves on the game, possess the ball. Um, and as we know, we've almost struggled more at home when we are playing that kind of football and not getting out. We really look better when we have less of the ball and look to attack with pace. Right. But as far as the lineup goes, I'm expecting to see an un- unchanged side from Leicester. I agree with you uh, that Gomez and Mina m- may get a bench spot. I c- certainly expect to see Andre Gomez. McCarthy probably too soon for him. I'd hope to s- maybe have him get a couple more weeks of training in, uh, maintain, continue to build on his fitness. And so, yeah, in that midfield slot, hopefully, again, fingers crossed, prayers up that is healthy and able to play. If not, Schneiderlin... F- f- as close as you can get to a like for like a swap out in our side, he can hold down and sit in front of that back line. And and he's not going to win as many balls or bring as much energy, but certainly adept enough defensively to fill that role. And then Tom Davies um, also who played very well over the international break. So he deserves to keep his place. There's really no one that's played poorly enough to lose their place. And so that kind of gives Silva a difficult situation as far as integrating these new players because someone's going to have to fall out of form or, God forbid, get injured, at which point he's forced to make a change. But it's it's hard because we're... I, I've said this before, but we're not in the League Cup anymore. And so we really have only the FA Cup. And so it's hard to find a good point to begin to integrate these players in. It's certainly not going to be next week at Man United. Um, and then after that, we've got Brighton. So potentially Brighton would be a good spot to try to give Mina his first go and maybe see what McCarthy can bring. Because I I do think McCarthy does offer us some an, another good option in that deep-lying midfield role. And he's almost like a hybrid between Schneiderlin and Gay. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. Oh, I absolutely agree. And so, yeah... I. I think it's an unchanged side. Barring Ghana's fitness, we'll see Schneiderlin. And then I'd love to see Mina get maybe 30 minutes. And uh, right. I'm I'm very optimistic. We haven't lost to Crystal Palace since 2015. The last six, we've drawn <laughs> I mean, four and won two. And so... I'm actually they surprised haven't, that yeah. we've
1: drawn four out of six.
0: And they've been very poor to start the season. So you'd expect... It's a game we need to win uh continue to build on this momentum it seems like so far this season we've had bright spots but it hasn't really carried over game to game it's been ups and downs which is fair to expect with a new manager and everyone getting used to the new style of play it'd be nice to start to see some consistency in the performances and to see a really strong performance at home where we can command a game keep a lot of the ball and also you know put goals in the box against a team that's looking to
1: sit back and defend right and see Here's the crazy part, though, right? I mean, we are comfortably smack dab right in the middle of the table, right? Which is not a good thing, but here's what I will say. We've had, you know, a ridiculous amount of injuries piled on top of the the inactive players that joined the squad this summer, right? And yet we are just now building momentum and we're getting players back from injury, like really important players that, you know, quote unquote, should be attaining a starting spot. So I'm thinking to myself, this is only the beginning, right? Like, this is only the beginning of the season. And so, you know, as as you said, Crystal Palace, it should be a gimme for real. And then, you know, you're looking at Man U. I don't know if it's home or away, but here's what I will say. Do you know off the top of your head? Do you know if it's home or away? It's away. We're,
0: we're at Old Trafford.
1: Okay, so being at Old Trafford is, is obviously going to be super difficult. But here's what I will say, though, right? Man United have been pretty bad this year. And so if we win, you know, if we go three for three, if we beat Crystal Palace, then I honestly, I legitimately believe we have uh-oh, a good uh-oh. shot.
0: Hot take, hot take.
1: No, I'm not going to make a prediction. <laughs> I like, I love, I love me some hot controversial takes, but I won't do it this week or today. Maybe I'll do it on the weekend. Um, but I think, you know, Man United away with how poor they've been. And if we're hitting, if we're hitting our, our stride, um, that's doable too. So you know, you 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 just have to be optimistic. And I think that we have yet to see. I mean, we can't even decide on a starting striker. So uh, at this, you know, at this rate, we, furthermore, we haven't really decided on a starting a starting uh, midfield either. Right. And we're still and we're still plugging John Joe Kenny at right back. So it's it's optimistic. No matter what happens this season, you know, in the end it's it's gonna be in my opinion it's gonna go down as a positive because you know look at the style of play go check the stats see how many chances we're creating and then you'll you'll get it if you didn't already right to compare it again just in
0: juxtaposition from last season and again we're in the first 10 games of what is to be a multi-year rebuilding project and i think what we've seen so far we're only going to improve as we continue, like you said, to make have our full squad, first of all, available and at Marco Silva's disposal. Gives us a lot of tactical flexibility depending on the, the opponent and how we want to play. I suspect we'll set up fairly different against Man United away than we will uh on Sunday, but it's really we're on the up and up. It'll be curious to see what our starting lineup is, you know, come. January or February when we've got presumably everyone has had a chance. And who knows, you know, Adam O'Lookman could potentially unseat Theo Walcott on the right. There's a lot of different things that could happen. James McCarthy could become a mainstay, unseat Tom Davies. Who knows? There's, there's a ton of possibilities. And so, yeah, I guess, do you want to do a score prediction
1: for Sunday? Hmm, Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm going to predict 3-0 3-0 to Everton.
0: I really like your optimism. I'm not quite that optimistic just because <laughs> of the way that we've struggled to break teams down at home and I do think that they have a chance to get something on the counterattack if we get too aggressive on a set piece or something like that. So I'm going to say I'm going to say 2-1 Everton. I would you love say to for see for me you, thing. You're all in or all out. Are you are you a toffee or not? I'm a toffee but it's just too I'm I'm optimistic. I'm very optimistic, but I'm not quite 3 nail win optimistic. You're Although we did do blight. it against Fulham, but I, I think, <laughs> you know, Crystal Palace, yeah. Without Crystal Palace's top two attacking options, it's going to be hard for them to score. But I still don't trust the way that we're throwing everyone forward and leaving ourselves very open on the counterattack.
1: Right. Well, I guess we'll see then. Yeah. Either way, thanks everyone for tuning in have a fantastic start to your weekend and we will see you on sunday afternoon or evening depending on when you're where you're listening
0: up the toffees
1: thanks so much for tuning into the american toffee podcast it is available on all major platforms please make sure you rate review and subscribe that would help us out a ton
0: and follow us on twitter as well at usa toffee pod until next time Come on, you blues.